Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another Empowering Chat. Welcome to Empowering Chats. We are beginning a new theme this month. Uh, It is trust. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of my challenging things, trusting. Uh, I've been looking at it and working with it for most of my life, learning how to trust not only other people, but myself, trusting the guidance I have within. And if you've been listening up until now, I would imagine you've got a pretty good idea of how to trust. And if you don't, then stay tuned, check in the rest of the month, because some of the speakers and guests that I'm having on are really powerful individuals um, with amazing stories about their lives and learning how to trust and learning how to love themselves more than they ever have before so that they can live an empowered life. Enjoy the show. So here we are today having, oh my God, already having an amazing conversation. I am about to speak with Wendy DeRosa. She is an author of a book that just came out, everybody. And before we even dive in, I just got to tell you guys, I have fallen in love with this woman. She is just incredible. And her book is incredible. And, um, and it came to me at the absolute perfect time of what I was looking for, for my personal healing. So the book is called, are you guys ready? I'm so excited. I can't handle it. The book is called Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries, and Embody Your Intuition. Wendy DeRosa, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you so much. I am so excited because, you know, universe, spirit, whatever moniker you're given it these days, always gives us exactly what we need right when we need it. And my personal journey has been about healing some physical stuff. And when I started reading your book, I'm like, oh my God, it's all right here. I can do this. I can do that. I knew I could do it, but now I can really know I can do it. So thank you in advance. Absolutely. I'm sorry to guess all over you. <laughs> but so, so becoming an empowered empath, and I'm all about the empowerment, having been disempowered for, you know, the first half of my life because of being an empath. Um, would you share, before we get into the, the, the meat and the juice of your book, your experience about uncovering your gifts and being an empath and, and, and what led you to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what's interesting is um, the word empath was newer to me, you know, in the last seven to 10 years versus what I thought I was, which was, which I am, which is very intuitive. You know, I grew up very sensitive. I had a lot of um, 
intuitive abilities and gifts very young and I was scared of them. Um, and what they ended up turning into was a lot of uh, overwhelm and anxiety and excessive weight gain very young as a child. Um, there, you know, there's four aspects of intuition, the seeing, hearing, feeling, and knowing there's actually more, but the core ones. And I was all four of them, which sounds, yay, that's wonderful. But to a child that was absolute oversensitivity and overwhelm and very anxiety provoking. So I started to um, I, I didn't understand what I had. All I understood was I was having symptoms. I thought I was weird. I, you know, I, I, I was very responsible. I was the oldest girl out of a family of oh my God, eight. I'm raising my hand. Holy moly. We've been living a similar life. Okay. Go oh, on. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of responsibility. I was also very self-motivated and you know, I didn't just didn't have much of a childhood. And so by the time I was 19, I actually had an, a, a nervous breakdown, um, had gone to the hospital and was just trying to reconcile what my, the anxiety and stresses of my life with this deeper inner calling, which was my intuition emerging at the time and saying, go for this, you know, go at the time it was, I, I need to get off the East coast. I love the East coast, by the way. But at the time, it represented a lot of stress for me in my, you know, my life. And I felt this call to Colorado and I, you know, it's great, beautiful, wide open, big sky country. And it, it just represented some form of freedom to me. And I was in college and I had this nervous breakdown. And on the recovery path of the nervous breakdown, I was with my roommate and we were walking down the street in Boston. I lived right off of Newberry Street in Boston on Beacon Street, actually. And I, I turned, there used to be a tower records on the corner uh -huh. and I turned the corner with my roommate and there was a man standing there with this red jacket and he had a ukulele in his hand. And he said, can I sing you a song for some spare change? And my roommate and I were engaged in this conversation about, you know, do I stay or go? Do I leave college, forfeit, you know, tuition and just go, follow this calling or do I stay? And so I, we said, no, that's okay. And he says, no, Wendy, you need to hear this song. Holy moly. Holy moly. Yeah, and I, I look at him and he's got a glow around his head this way, Wow. you know, and he's, and he's glowing. And I, I just thought we sort of locked in and he said, um, do, I'm going to sing you a song and don't worry about the change. And he gets down on his knee and he sings this song, Home on the Range where the Buffalo Roam. One day you'll get to Colorado. And then he, I'm in shock. You know, he stands up and he says, Wendy, it's not your time to go yet. You're going to get there. Hang in there a little bit longer. And he gives me a kiss on the cheek and darts off behind the two of us. And we both look at each other and look back and he's gone. Oh my and gosh. it was you know, she runs off to see if she can find him. And I'm in shock. I'm having this infusion of divine transmission happening there on the street in Boston. And my anxiety was healed in that moment. And we were just giddy all the way down the street, just saying, Did, do you know what that was? And, you know, we absolutely knew it was an angel and a, and a divine, you know, transmission experience. And so I, I finished my college semester and then I left and I eventually 
made it to Colorado and I found a healing teacher and I started to, and I was young, you know, I was in my early twenties and I'm, I'm feeling too young to have the gift I had, but I started to study with this teacher and I was so passionate about chakras and I was a yogi and I, you know, and I, everything, and I just soaked it up, astrology, all of it. I just soaked it up. And, and then, um, at the more I turned to my gift of what was going on intuitively and working with clients and, and eventually, you know, developing a lot, big practice and then my school, the more I just kept turning towards my gifts, the more I was starting to really, um, be able to hold my center around energy. I had more skills. I had more sense of myself. I had more, more truth in my being. And, um, and, and honestly, the, the word empathic was coming to me more from other people having empathic experiences. And I wasn't seeing myself so much as an empath until it was like smacked in my head. <laughs> I realized, oh, actually all this time I've been an empath too. Yeah. But I didn't have framing for it at the time. So then, so, so give, give everyone the, the difference between being empathic and being intuitive. Yeah. So, so empathic means that, or being an empath, an empath means that it's, it's, it's an individual who is through their sentient body are feeling the energy of others, whether it be emotional energy of other people, the energy of a space or the energy of an environment. And, um, an intuitive is someone who feels, who can feel that energy, but they can also see it, hear it, feel it, know it. Essentially, empathic intuition relates to clairsentient intuition, excuse me, clairsentient, which is the feeling sense in the body. So empathic is one aspect of intuition, okay. and our system is much more complex than just one aspect of intuition. Okay, so it, it's interesting because, uh, and you describe it in your book, of um, as a child, I, I could walk in the room and, and read the room, you know, for yeah. energy of, okay, those people are angry, that person's upset, you know, whatever it was. And, that, and, and you talk about how as, uh, children in this particular lifetime, we uh, come in with these uh, traumas and woundings, as well as we're being trained or taught or uh, raised up, if you will, by the parents or other people to have uh, generational wounding happening as well. And as children, we can't advocate for ourselves. We don't even know, like I never knew uh, what I was doing. I just knew, and we have to do those things to be safe, to feel safe, right? And my mother, whenever I would have reactions, she would just tell me to stop being so sensitive. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because this is the conditioning that we were all raised in. I mean, as much as we can say this was my family system, I mean, this was the system. The system was such, and, and it's a it's a patriarchal model. You know, oh the system God. is, I, you know, ignore emotions are, don't cry. 
Men are sissies who cry. I mean, men get that conditioning. Um, Stuff your emotions. Don't talk about your feelings. Our family doesn't share those things. Ignore that feeling. You're punished if you're angry. You know, all this conditioning that we that we have gotten um, through, you know, various eras or generations of time. Yes. And we internalize that. We internalize that as I can't speak. I'm not lovable. I, you know, I'm, I'm there's something wrong with me. Yeah. I don't belong here. Oh, God, you know, yes. Yeah. And, and, and children will internalize that experience of this doesn't feel right mm-hmm. to, I must not be right. Right. You know, yeah. we'll in, internalize that. So it is true that we, you know, as empathic sensitive children will be marinating in the belief systems and in the unspoken and spoken, you know, yes. conditioning and yes. we'll develop it, we'll internalize it. And, and empathic children, this is, I talk about this in the book where we have our power centers in our body, you know, our chakras, and we have our root chakra at the tailbone area of our body. And that power center is so commonly overlooked. And yet it is the foundation for our entire energy body. It is the foundation for our safety and our trust and our ability to be grounded in who we are and feel a sense of belonging and safety and security and everything, everything we need to evolve, develop and heal further and grow. But what happens is we get, as as these sentient beings who are born into a family structure, we come into this life experience and, and our our truth, our true way of existence gets shaped and formed. And on some level, we we start to, in our structure, which is, again, I, I don't mean to blame the patriarchy, but it's very patriarchal. It's very like, this is how it's done. There is, there is a suppression and oppression of yes. true nature inherently. And so what, what, what happens to this power center is it goes, I have to contract because I don't feel it's safe for me to be my true self. And I don't have a sense of belonging in myself. I have to contract to myself and listen to and abide by all the conditioning and rules in my system, in my family structure. Well, what does that do in the chakra system? It blows open the second chakra and that power center or it might imbalance it. It could even close it down, but it essentially disables this subtle power center, which is the empathic power center of the body. That is the power center for feeling underneath the table and being connected to the truth of our emotions and our sensitivity and our sexuality and our creativity and our ability to to go with the flow. Well, what happens in this power center is root chakra closes down second chakra moves into hypervigilance. And so now our entire conditioning is structured that me as a sensitive child with a root chakra contraction has to pay attention to what everybody else is doing around me so that I can adjust my behaviors or absorb the energy into my system so I can stay safe. I can keep the peace. 
because safety is compromised at the root chakra level of the body. So this is kind of what empaths experience. They experience a root chakra contraction and then an imbalance in the second chakra. And then this boundaryless experience with energy where we take the energy into our body because we're conditioned to do so. And our heart doesn't want it. Our head doesn't want it, but the body's doing it. You know, and it's it's because we've been trained. It's a it's survival. This is now a survival tactic to how to coexist in an environment is to absorb that energy, and then we just repeat that later in life. Yes, I'm. I'm. Yes, you again. You're describing my my very existence, and um, and I never understood why I had this like hidden anger because the suppression, right, was so, whether it was an intentional or unintentional in my family of origin, it was, it was generational. It was centuries old. And I came in experiencing this squishing and suppression, for lack of better adjectives, and I knew I was angry and I didn't understand because I wasn't raised in um, any kind of formalized religion. I wasn't raised. I was raised, I guess, with kind of a um, my parents wanting to believe in me. But there was this unspoken thing of but only to a certain extent. Right. Especially my mother, who I uncovered was a narcissist. So. Um, uh, so the reason why I'm, I'm uh, hitting on this a little more, Wendy, is because you also talk, it just, I want to clarify this whole patriarchal thing for the listeners, because, and I've talked about this before on my show, the, the patriarchy that came into existence thousands of years ago was part of the divine masculine that was helping to co-create civilization on the planet. And in in order to do that, there needed to be rules and regulations and laws, right? However, man and women, there became this place where there was an idea or belief that men were at the top of of the pyramid, if you will. Men were talking about pyramids in Egypt. Um, but so, so they were the ones that needed to be in charge. So everything in civilization as it evolved was all in alignment with the masculine and the patriarchy. And that's why what we're seeing now in this last, since, since 2000, right, we're seeing the deconstruction of the patriarchy because the divine feminine is now, I wanna say pummeling the planet, but the divine feminine and anybody that's a mom gets it. You know, you, you love your children, but there's a certain point where you go, okay, that's enough, that's enough. And that's what's happening right now. And so all, so many of us that have incarnated on the planet at this time as impasse or, or, or intuitives or healers or whatever we are that we've kind of suppressed for a while, we're being called right now. Right, Wendy? Absolutely. Yep. 
because the patriot and what we've seen, especially in America lately, is the chaotic crumbling of an empire, right? Yeah. It's happened before. And it's it, and it doesn't mean that our nation and the principles it was founded on are erroneous. It means that we have so much more expansion to do, but we have to move the patriarchal thinking out of our minds and our ways of governing so that the divine feminine, which works in a circular manner, mm-hmm. all-inclusive, right? Everybody gets yeah. to have a say at the table, can come in. Yeah, you know, one of the, and I'll add to this, absolutely, yes, I'm, yes. I'm with you completely. And, and then I wanna add a piece. So I talk about this in my book where, you know, we have our, we have the patriarchy, right? And that is a form of the wounded masculine. We also have healthy masculine and we actually have wounded feminine and the wounded feminine is the victim. Oh. And then we have healthy feminine. And so patriarchy and victim are consistently in, you know, conflict or in power struggle is probably a better way of saying this. And we are learning to heal the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine so that they can, um, so that their higher states or their healed states can really come into balance. And what, what, from, from the energy healing perspective, which is so much of what I'm talking about in this book um, underneath, you know, in, in being an empowered empath is that we have all four of those in our system. We all have wounded masculine in us and it comes in the form of our monkey mind. You're so stupid. What were you thinking? How can you do that? Mm-hmm. Its job is to remind us of what we're holding at our root chakra, which is patriot. And it's like patriarchal teachings. It's just like finding its way up through our body consciousness. And, and we hear it. It's that's part of us, our controlling qualities our, you know, in some cases, those are our internalized wounded masculine we also have our internalized victim and our internalized wounded feminine which is so much the the powerlessness to what's possible so much of the feminine is about co-creation and you know this can be possible in empathy and connected conversation and the victim will say well i'm not good enough for that i'm not you know i i'm not worthy and so we're so the healing in my from this is my perspective and can talk about it in the book is that I really believe the balance, how to heal this quadrant of the wounded feminine, masculine, and healthy is actually about the rise of the feminine. Because once the feminine well, only takes one of them to, and the masculine, the pa- patriarchy is not bowing down so easily, but it comes up, it, it's more like you know, as the feminine rises and starts to show herself, and I don't mean this gender, I mean this in terms of the power in our system, the quality, I mean, this male and female binary, we all have masculine, feminine in us. And as we start to nurture the wounded part of us, the feminine, and the feminine, the wounded feminine, the victim, is living in the body with internalized patriarchy. So we have to see that and say, even though I am, I'm a woman, 
And I don't, I oppose the patriarchy. I have internalized it, whether I, my blind spots want to show me that or not. You know, I have to process that, you know, I have blind spots and inherent biases and they show up in these different ways. So how do I now turn to my feminine and turn to my feminine in my second chakra, the area of, of empath in the body and say, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've, 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 you know, I didn't know. And I've held so much wound here and I didn't listen to you body and inner child and, you know, the the deeper core essence in us. And, and I'm going to start giving you space. I'm going to let you play and I'm going to let you be creative and I'm going to let you have your voice and I'm going to bring you out more. And the more we start to nurture that part of us, that, that the feminine within us, the more we are being vulnerable and in our connected conversations. And we start to see that that level of leadership works. Right. Not the, the oppressive level is deconstructing. This other more powerful part is emerging. And lifting as, as it emerges. Yeah. It's not like a, it, it's not kind of like a volcano that just erupts, which I think a, a lot of people that are still dedicated to that very strong patriarchy assume it started, it started with all the feminine move, feminist movements from women marching for their right to vote uh, to now. And so it's not like a a volcano erupting. I think that's what they patriarchal people fear the most. And then they'll be wiped out. It is like you're talking about, Wendy, it's a rising and it's bringing everyone up. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter your color, creed, belief system, everybody's being lifted. Yeah. Yep. Every human rights issue we are facing right now is not, it's just, let me say that differently. Every human rights um, activism, the rising of what's occurring. And and yes, they are issues that we're looking at and facing and processing and, and fighting for and advocating for. All of that is that's the feminine rising. All of it is. And that is it is our work. I believe personally that our deepest spiritual work is is how are we how are we uh, tuning into the light and the truth of who we are, but embodying who we're here to be in ourselves and and having a, 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 a footprint or a mark in, in the human experience. I you know, I'm a meditator, but I don't, and and I'm a prayer, but I don't believe that spiritual growth is up and out. You know, I have, I believe it's the experience of how are we transforming our human experience and impacting others. And that's how empaths are leading. Empaths are leading through that quality of, I am feeling the pain of the world. I am processing my own inner lineage pieces and my, you know, embedded patriarchy or my past life or whatever it is on the wounds that we carry so that I can live more true in, in myself and lead from more heart and connection and integrity and embodiment. And, and therefore we, we, we care. I mean, empaths care about other people that's inherent in an empath. 
Well, and the thing about this, and I so agree with everything you're saying, Wendy, you guys, didn't I tell you, you'd fall in love with her. She's just so cool. Um, is that the, the empath or, or, or as we awaken, we awaken from within, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people talk about, well, I'm, 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 my consciousness is awakening. Well, but it's from within. It's not like somebody brings down like that cone of, you know, the cone heads and you get all your infusion and then you're awake. No, it, and it has to start from within and radiate out and radiate out because that's what energy does is it radiates and and then the frequencies tune up, right? Our vibration might tune up, but it's really about tuning in, just like what you said. It's so, yeah, yeah it's fascinating to be a part of it and watch it happening. So, so let's get back to the book, Being an Empowered Empath. We digressed quite a bit, but um, so in the book, uh, besides that you've described me to a T, um, <laughs> every chapter you've built it so it can be like a self-study, a, right? Because every chapter ends with um, some journaling prompts as well as guided meditations that are on your site, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, what I'm, I, this is sort of a teaching style I have across the board, which is that it's sort of explaining and teaching somewhat cognitively the concepts and the understanding. And then it's about taking people through the deeper experience, the embodied experience, the the deeper journey inward. And, and that's where it, it clicks for people. So it's, it's a, um, here's what it looks like. And here's, here's the what, and I'm going to take you into the how, how do we shift this? How do we tune in? How do we embody? How do we, what do we clear? How do we clear this energy? So that's, that's a, uh, that's a through line in the book. And, you know, I think it's almost every chapter. I think there's one or two that don't have the, the meditation at the end. And it's because there's exercises instead, but um, it is very much that style of teaching and then taking through the deeper journey. So uh, that's the kind of book I love. That's the kind of book I, I love because, um, and especially with COVID where people were not being uh, able to go to seminars and, you know, and do the work, it's great to have it all in one place in a book and you can take it with you wherever you go so that you can continue your, your inner journey and, and growth as an empowered empath. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I should also mention that the meditations are actually written and then there's a link where you can get the audio versions. So for anyone who's, who, you know, needs to listen instead of read, um, they are there recorded also. You can get access to those recordings. Which is so helpful. So tell our listeners a little bit of, uh, give them a little um, tip on how to, because you, part of it is also about setting boundaries. Yeah, that's a big one. I I I didn't know what I didn't know. I until I I got through uh, a contentious divorce after 28 years of marriage, and I didn't know mm-hmm. I didn't have boundaries at all because mm-hmm. they'd been trampled so much, and mm-hmm. I didn't have. I was disallowed my voice to speak and say this is not okay. So how do people, what's, what's a couple of ways to set down? So it's interesting. Actually, we'll start with the last one you said, the voice part, which is that 
you know, vocal boundaries are important for empaths because empaths have learned how to navigate the unspoken. And so they have immersed, we've all immersed in energy that we didn't understand. And there may not have been the adult figure, the role model or whomever in life who was saying, who was naming our experience for us or taking responsibility energetically or emotionally for what was going on. And so we have learned how to um, not understand and therefore not have words for. And sometimes again, that's pre-verbal, but for as we evolve as uh, spiritually progressing souls in a body and we're evolving and we're developing, um, part of our work as empaths is to learn how to name our experience. Whether or not we can solve the problem, we might not be able to solve the problem, mm-hmm. which is again, very ma- that's a masculine quality. It's not negative. That's a, that's a healthy masculine quality. But the, the, the empowered feminine quality is, I need to name that I feel angry right now. I need to name that I'm confused and I don't understand. I need to walk outside. And this is great. This is a boundary piece for empaths. Not all, but most empaths are slow processors like myself. Slow processors need to say, I'm not sure. I'll get back to you. And then they need to run the whole experience through their system and think and breathe and maybe go for a walk and come back and then have clarity and then be able to have a conversation. Maybe they need to journal or talk to a friend but that it's a slow processors again whether you identify as an empath or not my recommendation is to own it i'm a slow processor i will get back to you <laughs> that is a that is a healthy boundary component um because it's again it's important to name when you're not clear when you don't understand when it's um confusing when something's not okay for you name your yes name your no you know, and, and, and you don't have to solve the problem or have the answer. It's just, this is my truth right now. That beginning step of having vocal boundaries in that way is very, um, it, it clears the air for an empath who might otherwise linger in the ambiguity. Right. Because that was, that was the marinade. Yep. It sure was for me. There was yeah. so much unspoken and yet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It took a while. It took a, a, a while. And I and I remember uh during my my first marriage, I when when we would start to get into a, an argument or something, I would be I kept saying, I'm allowed to have my feelings. I'm allowed to have my feelings. And it was really wasn't for him, my ex-husband, it was more for me to say, I'm allowed to feel this. Yes. Because I wasn't recognizing that I was feeling anything except hurt or shame or whatever. It's so glad you, I'm so glad you said that because it's important also to say that piece of that it's not for the other person. It is when we set our boundaries, it's for ourselves. I have to take space. Yes. Yes. I, I need to speak my truth right now. And they might say, well, you have been speaking your truth. I get, I get it. No, I need to speak. You know, I need to say what I need to say for myself to push my energy back out. So another form of energetic boundaries is we have this, you know, this 
field, our aura around us. They say it's 10 and a half fingers length in tantric yoga studies from the center of the heart. Yeah. All the way around the field, which is about 12 inches now, give or take some people's are longer or are more expansive and some are a little in, you know, a little less, but this auric field is your, is our boundary. Our, our, you know, we don't, begin at the skin. We don't begin and end here. We begin and end outside our energy field. And so when we've taken impact to the auric field in our body, whether it's the news, whether it's a comment someone said, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional projection, it's impact. And so the, the, what the, you know, our, our reaction to that is according to our survival instincts and conditioning I'm going to run away and hide, or I'm going to push back and react. But what can be very healthy for an empath is that when we've experienced impact after impact, and we've figured out how to tolerate that impact or negotiate space with, or keep the peace or whatever it might be, there will become a point where through the center of our rising from within truth needs to be spoken. And that is a push out. That is a reverse of the impact. So when we speak our truth or we we have a power move on some level, it is again, it doesn't, it's it's not for the other person, it's for yourself to push your energy back out, for all of us to push our energy back out and say, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm pushing, I'm claiming my center, and this is where I need to resonate in. So it's a very much an energetic um practice that it can be very beneficial to empaths and to also just know you have this auric field and sometimes on a boundary level you have to send people back their energy yes exactly and i know so many women that we um, especially in my generation we were not taught to speak our truth right be right. Seen, not heard stand behind your man this is all very uh you know mid-century yeah mid-century bullshit. Um, (laughs) So I I have clients that come and they never spoke their truth. You know, they were never allowed their truth in their family of origin or with a spouse or in relationship or at their job. And it, and it becomes challenging to, when you first realize I've got to speak my truth, I've got to stand in my own power. It's very scary and challenging. But it's what you've just described, Wendy. It's so important. Mm-hmm. So important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to say one more thing about and speaking truth and the how it relates to the empath and and probably what you're modeling for people too is this is like a it, one of the powers of an empath is the ability to space hold. I'm yeah. just gonna hold. I can be here, and you can speak your truth to me, and you can practice. And I'm just going to hold space while you practice. I'm, I'm again, like as if you're speaking to your client and your client's speaking to you, you know, I, I'm going to hold space and you are going to speak your truth to me as if, you know, I'm your practice. I'm your, I'm your audience, but empaths, they, you know, an empowered empath holds space An overly empathic, sensitive, overly sensitive, um, you know, person will take the energy on. So the, well, the difference is how do I, how do I allow myself 
to witness all of my emotions and know that I'm a human being who has rage and has guilt and shame and processes this and has joy and elation and love and the whole spectrum. I let myself have it. And because I let myself have the fullness of my emotional capacity, I'm absolutely okay with my emotions. I've processed the shame of my emotions. I don't feel shame for my emotions anymore. So when we get to that place, we can we don't feel shame or threat when someone else is in their emotion. Now, if they're projecting their emotion on you, on us, that's another story. Then we get to have our boundaries. But if they are having a feeling, then, and we can sit in ourselves and say, their feeling's not a problem because I've been there. That's empathy. That's where we're in our power as an empath. I know what that anger feels like. Yes, they're feeling it. I'm so excited for them. Or you know, wow, I'm, I can be there in my heart for their, their grief, because that is such a human. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm with you and I'm feeling it when we're able to hold space for someone's emotion, then we've shifted into empowered empath because it's the opposite of, I can't even be present for someone else's emotions because it feels like a drop in my bucket. And I'm just going to feeling it. We're already overwhelmed because of the all of a sudden, this is why, you know, and I talk about this often, you, you going to having, knowing your, what, what Wendy just described about the etheric field, the aura field, when you go to the market, you know, like stand, this last year, standing in line, waiting to get into Trader Joe's, man, it's, it's intense because everybody was, and kind of still is radiating their fear. And yeah. or or judgment or whatever. And man, I would come home from just going to the market to get some food, and I would have to lay down and take a nap, you know, because it it, it it even even when I would do my own personal energetic protection and coming from a place of love, it it just there, it, it, it's overwhelming at times until yeah. you find balance within. Wendy, Wendy, oh my God, my new. My new love. I'm just <laughs> so enamored. I'm I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna do the book, Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries, and Embody Your Intuition. Wendy DeRosa. Now, what's the website so they can go get the book, see what else? Yeah, the book is on my website. It's my name, wendyderosa.com. Um, I'm also the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies. So the schoolofintuitivestudies.com is my other website. Oh my God, how cool. I'm going to check that out too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you. I said it before, oh. I'm saying it again. Thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you for listening to that sweet angel who got down on his knee and sang that song to you. And, and following your path. You're an inspiration to mm-hmm. so many, I know. And I cannot wait to see what happens by working your book. I'm thrilled. So I'm honored. So thank you thank so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. It's been an honor. Thank you. Yeah, I'm fun. So I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. 
Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.